Hipping me to what? All right, we're live. Whew. Hey, everybody. My name is Charlie. Let's get into it. Taking the last sip of this juice. Mm. Okay. All right. Hmm. Put this on. Booyah. Go right there. Sweet. So, huh. <sighs> See, Facebook row has been down. Who cares? Let me point to you why we're going to get to a lot of things right now. Why that's not the very big deal. We're going to point to very specific things that you need to understand. One, why it happened. Two, why that's not necessarily going to be a big issue. Three, what you actually need to be looking at. And four, what does that actually mean? We're going to get down to all of those individual things. We're going to cover this in about the next 15, 20 minutes. We're going to get to homework after that. Remember, if you do the homework from this or any week's lives, you can get 50% off facebookdisruptor.com uh, and then we'll take a Q&A from both the chat here as well as in Clubhouse and from the comment section on Twitter and Facebook. So thank you very much. Everybody, let's get going. Hi, I'm Charlie. Let's make it happen. Okay, so your Facebook ROAS went down. First off, let's get down to what this really means. What this is saying is that the attributable revenue from your Facebook ads is no longer as high as it was before. But what this doesn't mean is that your store is seeing less revenue. It does not mean that you're actually less profitable. It does not mean that your ads are less effective. Now, let me be very clear on why this happens. Let me be very clear on why if your Facebook ROAS goes down, it's not necessarily a bad thing. And oftentimes, you can scale better because of it. Let's get to it. So the first thing, if your Facebook ROAS goes down, it's the attributable revenue for Facebook ads that Facebook can see. Now, why is this not an issue? Very often, it's not an issue for three reasons. Number one, there is um, what we call ad blocking, which basically means Facebook's not able to see everything that occurs afterwards. This happened five years ago. It was like 1% of traffic. With iOS 12, it was like 5% of traffic. But like two years ago, it was like 15 to 20% of traffic. Now it's up to 40% of traffic. And there's a lot of people bugging out about iOS 14 and all sorts of other stuff, which honestly has not been implemented yet and might not actually get implemented because there are people in China. Basically, Chinese government is holding over the uh, uh, hope for production of actual iPhones. So the idea of this blocking will may or may not go into effect. So if anybody's told you that this happened as of April 11th, it has not. It may or may not, that's not the real big point. But the issue here is, as a facet of normal internet use, more and more people are getting into ad locking. More and more people are not allowing the system to see everything that occurs. And there are many devices that when you are in the Facebook browser, because remember, Facebook is a browser showing you search results. It is a search engine giving you web pages. Every Facebook post is a web page. If the browser is on your device, depending on your settings, it might strip away some of the tracking. So what's happening here is your Facebook ROAS might go down because the attributable actions to Facebook may not be as high. That doesn't necessarily mean that things are bad for you. The other reason that this could happen, remember I said there's two, another reason that this could happen is because it's falling outside of your attributable window because of other things, other facets that are going on. If you've gotten a lot better at having um, your web page pop up, emails, uh, email uh, opt-ins, or if you're getting into branded search, or if you're getting into other platforms, there might be other things that are driving the click. Even though Facebook is very high indexing on the intent, it might not be the final click that somebody really needs to realize, uh, it needs to see before they make the purchase. Now, there's a lot of clicks and a lot of sales that come through on what we would call a view through. Facebook creates intent a lot. Facebook might be retargeting somebody five, 10, 20 times on impressions before that person decides to make a purchase and they might decide to make a purchase 
outside of the Facebook platform. This is happening more and more often. Now, this isn't necessarily a bad thing. It just means that there are more and more people not necessarily clicking on the Facebook ad in order to take that action. The last thing is that we need, why we need to really take a look at this is that with the new aggregated events manager, which is Facebook's version of, uh, approach to try to get ahead of the potential thing coming from Apple, is that there is a delay in reporting all of the attributable actions. It's sort of randomized, so it might take a day or two or three days for everything to come in. So what this really means is if your Facebook goes down, uh, if your Facebook ROAS goes down, it doesn't really matter because that's also only a myopic view. It's effectively a vanity metric because it's not important what your Facebook ROAS says. It matters about what your ecosystem ROAS says. Now, I was talking about this all last summer. I was talking about it in the fall. I was talking about it in the spring. And now all the people that were preaching doom and gloom around iOS 14 are saying, well, look, we didn't really actually mean any of that thing. We're going to totally do this other thing that they now call a blended ROAS or, or with their MER, these other terminology that has come around. Um, but it's always been the same ecosystem ROAS that we've been talking about for like almost a year now. And what it really means is how much did you spend today? How much did you make today? I don't give a damn what my Facebook ROAS is. What I care about is if I spend more money in Facebook, do I earn more than I spent on my store? Do I do that today? Right? We're not looking at other metrics. We're going to get into those pieces right now. Another reason why your Facebook ROAS going down is not a concern. And what you need to actually be looking at is, like I said, the ecosystem here. But what we really need to see is if we're measuring on a one-day click, we're going to be able to understand what is that one-day click number and can we improve the efficiency of making sales. We know that the one-day click number may or may not be a fully accurate read, but we also know that the inaccuracy of that data is fairly constant. If we're missing 10% of the sales or 30% of the sales, we're going to be missing roughly the same amount on every single daily basis. So instead of looking at the Facebook ROAS, what we need to be looking at is what's our cost per result and how do we get that to be more efficient? How do we get better quality people into our ecosystem at a more efficient rate because we are looking at you know exit intent pop-ups we are looking at sms we are pulling in search campaigns we might be on four five or six other platforms there are a lot of things to take into account so if your facebook roas goes down it's not necessarily a bad thing because if you're getting better and better at creating intent because you're able to get more efficient on your one day click inside of the facebook ecosystem what you are doing is driving higher and higher quality users into your store. And the reason that the way that you're actually really measuring that is in the ecosystem ROAS is saying, I spent this much money today and I earned this much money today is the gap between those two things continuing to get better or is the volume of those two things continuing to get better. Now, the last thing that I want to cover about your ecosystem, your, your Facebook ROAS went down, why it doesn't matter is because your success is not necessarily tied to the ROAS of one paid media channel. Your success is built around you achieving a business goal of top line growth or bottom line growth. And what this really means is, are you getting more volume of sales or are you able to create higher volume of revenue or can you create a higher volume of profit? These are three different business objectives and your Facebook ROAS only really attributes success on one of them and only in a myopic, inaccurate way of actually looking at things. So what we're talking about here is, is your goal to get more revenue? Is it to get more profit or is it to get a higher volume of sales? Those are all very different things. Let me give you an example, an extreme example of this thing. And then we can kind of you know back our way into other things of why you shouldn't necessarily care that your Facebook row has went down because that's not important to your business. So let me give an example. Let's get extreme. You could have a five, let's say you have a 10X ROAS on $100 a day. All right, extreme example, you're probably not gonna have that, but that's a $900 profit. Or you get a 2X ROAS on $1,000 a day. That's $1,000 profit. Now, one of those is far worse on your profit margin. One of those is actually far better or is uh, one of those is like what 10% better on actual profit. 
So there's a big difference there between margin and volume. Now, also, when you're talking about, uh, you know, a 10x ROAS on, on a $100 spend, let's say that product, let's say that product is $1,000. So you sold one of them, right? Now, if you can get that on $1,000 and you get the two, you sold two of them. Sometimes your objective is to sell more things. In fact, if you're in retail, your number one objective more than anything is get inventory in and get it out. Inventory, success, inventory churn is how retail businesses generally speaking, define success. So you need to understand, is it in the amount of things that I can sell where I make a profit on every one of them? Is it the actual profit I need to make off of every single sale? Or is it the amount of revenue that I'm looking at? Because the other side of that is, if it's revenue that you're looking at, well, Facebook ROAS is a terrible metric for you to see because it's not about your ROAS on spend. It's, did you make a profit and how much money can you make? Some people would very happily make a 10% profit on $10,000 a month versus make a 10X profit on $100 a month. There are very different types of business objectives, and you need to understand what those are for you. Understand that at a high level, most very successful businesses do not look at the ROAS number on Facebook as being anything other than directional information for that singular platform right? It's only to determine the success of that platform. And you know what, honestly, you know who really cares about Facebook ROAS? You know who the number one person that's most interested in Facebook ROAS? It's the person that's actually trying to prove their worth on the platform because they're not measuring success in a more business objective. If you want to get out of worrying about Facebook ROAS, if you want to stop focusing and defining your success as a metric that is not important to your business, then I highly recommend that you understand target costs, target volumes, and target business objectives. Now, let's get into what that really looks like because that's the real meat of this thing. Your Facebook ROAS went down, who cares? Here's what we need to understand. What is your number one objective this month? Generally speaking, most businesses are designed around the idea of growth. If your business is built around the idea of growth, then your number one objective this month is probably to acquire more customers and generate more revenue so that you can continue to grow, especially if you have a decent business in line where it doesn't live and die by single purchases from people that do not come back. If you can build LTV, lifetime value out of a customer, then it's not about the Facebook ROAS because you don't care about that first sale. What you care about is the overall revenue you're going to acquire from a specific customer. Let me give you an example on that. I used to work for a brand. We would sell a product for $20. We would sell products for $100. But what we knew is if somebody bought for 20 bucks, they were going to buy again and again. And their average lifetime value was around $200. So we could lose like... 80 cents on the dollar, we could sell a $20 item for a hundred bucks and we would still two and a half X on our customer. Now, if we had one on Facebook ROAS as being our primary metric, you'd like to look at our business and say, well, they're absolutely losing, but we didn't care. What we cared about was what is the cost per acquisition of this customer? This is also called customer acquisition cost. That is a CAC model. And when you're looking at customer acquisition cost, it is very much what does it cost for me to, to get a sale? And when you're doing that, you're not actually looking at the Facebook side of all that stuff. You're saying how much in total media did I spend by every channel and how many sales did I get by every channel? Assuming that the inaccuracy of that data is more or less constant and that the overall Facebook metric is getting blocked by X and Google metric and whatever else is getting blocked by a certain amount. If you understand, well, if I spend X amount of money on any one channel, I'm creating this much. If I were to spend more, I get a lift of whatever it happens to be. But what you're looking for there isn't a Facebook row as, as an objective. What you're looking for there is a volume of sales as an objective because it provides you an opportunity to make more money. Another way that you can run your business and take a look at this is built around, sorry, another way you can build your business and, and, and look at this is also built around the idea of bottom line growth, right? Where what you really need there is a very different type of business model where you are just trying to push overall like volume of what's going on. And a lot of times 
this is where businesses will look at it, especially if you're looking towards investors, you're looking at top and bottom line growth. Yes, you want more profit, but you also just want more and more volume of customers where you are willing to reduce your efficiency on acquiring customers because you're getting far more people. There's another brand that I worked with where they were very, very happy that they were like three to six Xing $300 a day. Now, when you are six Xing $300 a day, you're making 1800 bucks. That's $1,500 in profit. They were very happy with that. But what they wanted was success as a business. So what we had to do was teach them that what their investors were looking at was not their ability to produce profit on a small level of spend, which for them, 300 bucks a day was big. But what we needed to show them was what you need is month over month growth. You need top and bottom line growth. So what we ended up doing was saying, instead of getting six X on $300 a day and making ultimately $1,800 in revenue, let's get a three X on 2000 a day. So our Facebook grow has absolutely went down, but our overall top and bottom line metrics, we were making $4,000 a day, $5,000, $6,000 a day instead of $1,800. So I want you to understand that your Facebook grow has going down isn't necessarily a bad thing. The last thing that I want to get to is an actionable item. If none of those are really speaking to you and you're like, hey, look, my business is very small or my business is focused on whatever reason why these things aren't relevant to me, but Facebook ROAS going down is bad for me and I need to lift it up. Let's get you an action item in that way because we still also need to address those things. What we need to do is understand what our object, what our results are gonna try to be day to day. Now, if you have a very complex system, if you have a very big uh, ad account, and what I mean by complex system is um, you can easily get to $2,740 a day. That's a million dollars a year on like one or two campaigns. You don't need more than that. Every additional ad set increases the amount of instability that you have in your account. Every single campaign increases the amount of instability that you have in your account. If you are running ad sets right now or targeting audiences that you don't think you're going to be targeting in the next 90 days, understand that you're basically investing in employees for your business that you intend to fire. And what you're doing here is you're building your business around short wins, which means that you can't build long-term success. Even the worst multi-level marketing companies are built around a scalable business model. They're not built on trying to make each individual sale. Maybe the low-end people that work for them are working on each individual scale, but the multi-level marketing firm, even in the worst pyramid schemes, are built around an idea that is scalable. It does not require hard work for the business to function. It requires on having a scalable business model that lets other people do the hard work for them. If you, if you are setting up your ad account with a bunch of different ad sets and a bunch of different campaigns and constantly turning things on and off, understand that you are not running a business nearly as well as even the worst pyramid schemes because you are not investing in future growth. You're trying to make money right now. You're investing in short wins today. Your business model is built around the concept of getting lucky. Even career gamblers understand the weight of their risks. They're making informed decisions. Even if like you're a professional sports gambler or you play poker or whatever else, it is not a 100% luck game. But if you are making short wins, gambling on very small things that you yourself don't have confidence that you're going to be investing in over time, what you're doing is you are trying to get a win today at the cost of keeping Facebook strong tomorrow. You are shortchanging your future by trying to get lucky. And if you're going to do that, your Facebook ROAS is very likely going to go down because you're not investing in business growth. And I think that's a very fundamentally challenging position for a lot of advertisers. They think, look, the solution to my problem is finding the right audience. Let me tell you this. The only audience you need to target is 18 plus. You can get to a million dollars a year on the back of 18 plus. That's it. You like, you don't need more than that. And there's a lot of other videos that I can go through all of those things. But let me get to one really short point right here. And then we're going to get to some questions after the homework. If you are setting up your campaign where your success or your ad account, where your success is to limit the exposure of every ad's lookalike audience. Because remember, every ad is a web page. Every ad is a web page. Your post ID is the URL to your web page. Facebook is measuring the click the, the click through rate, the bounce rate, and the stickiness 
of that web page and is showing end users because it's a search engine the best results it thinks to keep somebody on that page on the platform so if you are then saying i want to restrict the ability for this ad to see the people that are most likely to respond positively to it by forcing it to go into a more narrow audience which by the way is also less stable and more costly if you are going to try to predict that and do that in a way where you are going to turn that on and off and that you are not investing in the long-term run, but you are saying, well, if I get a short win here and then I'm going to take nine of the risks and maybe I get one or two wins and you start playing that game of making it more and more complicated where your success is built off of your hard work instead of using the machine, you are ultimately going to lose. So what do we get into here? There are three big points. Number one, if your Facebook ROAS goes down, it might not even be bad for you. Just understand that there are less and less attributable actions due to ad blocking and other things, but you need to be looking at your actual results by spend by platform and overall revenue today and making that more efficient on every platform. In this case, making your one day post click happen at a cheaper price so that you're driving higher quality customers into your business and that you're looking at your overall profit margin as a business, what we call the ecosystem ROAS over time. The second point to that is if you build lifetime value or you start to build a business around other metrics than just the Facebook ROAS, in this case, maybe you're looking at overall uh, profit instead of profit off of each dollar, but overall revenue that you're getting or overall volume of sales or the ability to acquire more and more customers because you know that you are going to two or three X the average person. If you're building it around that, then it doesn't matter what your Facebook ROAS is because that is a vanity metric that is, one, not actionable, two, not necessarily accurate, and three, doesn't have a bearing on the success of your business. And the other third point to hear is if you are building a system that is highly unstable and you are trying to get success built around chasing short wins, understand that what you are doing is you are shortchanging Facebook. It's a machine learning platform and you've taken the business model of trying to get lucky instead of utilizing the machine learning. You are not teaching the machine. It's machine learning. If you're not teaching it, then your success is 100% built on the back of your hard work and getting lucky and understand that if you take that route, you are running a lower quality business model than even the absolute worst like multi-level marketing schemes because you're not building a scalable business. You're building one that it requires hard work and luck as a business model. All of those are things that you really need to take in. So if your Facebook ROAS went down, who cares? You shouldn't because there are bigger things that you need to focus on as a business. <sighs> All right. So your homework for this is very simple. I want you to take a look at, and you don't have to do this. You don't have to send it to me. Just tell me like, hey, this is my number. Or, right, or like I've even looked at my number and just to try to identify it. What you would want to see is how much of your overall revenue can you attribute to Facebook spend on any given day. And what I mean by this is if you look at your store, let's say you have Shopify, right? And let's say you made 500 in sales today. How much of that 500 comes from Facebook on a one day click? And how many of your overall sales, let's say you made 20 sales today, how many of them come from Facebook? And where you can see Facebook one day post click, what is the overall percentage? So what I'm looking, what you really need to say is percentage of, of, of revenue and percentage of sales, right? So Facebook accounts for 80% of my revenue and 75% of my sales. That's a great way of looking at it. Now you just need to like understand your cost and you can try to bring that down. But I want you to start being able to look at it. So the homework is DM me, message me, comment below, whatever you want to do. But the homework is percentage of revenue and percentage of sales and try to do that over like the last week, the yesterday, the last month. I challenge you to do it for every single day over the last 30 days so you can really start to understand what your targets are and then you can peg, well, success for me is getting this one thing to be 5% better. Whatever that is, start to look at your business in a way that is a business-oriented solution, not a media buyer trying to look good on a report to a client that doesn't actually understand what they're doing way of looking at things, which is what the Facebook ROAS vanity metric is really built around. It's making ad agencies that don't have business success as a proxy for their success 
to make them look good by taking as much credit from as many other channels as possible. That's what it's built around. And trust me, I used to spend a million dollars a day or more. That was my business objective. That was my goal. That's what my boss has told me to do. I'm trying to help you not look at your business in the way that somebody that doesn't have your success in mind and trying to get you to the point where you are looking at this and a functionally better way of managing a successful business. All right. So DM me that or comment below. Remember, percentage of spend, percentage of revenue. Give me the last week. And that's it. And now you'll be able from that to understand what is Facebook actually bringing me? Because now you're not going to give a shit about the ROAS. Your number one objective is making these numbers more efficient, however that looks to you. Whew! All right. I went a little longer than I expected. Anyway, um, if you're on Clubhouse and you want to ask some questions, please raise your hand and I'll gladly bring you up. I am getting some questions from YouTube here, so we're going to cover that. And there's also something from Twitter, so I'm going to cover that as well. But again, please raise your hand if you want to get in on this because uh, we are heading that way right now. All right, so whew, first things first, coming from the YouTube, Anas says, let me pull this up here. Okay. Anas says, um, I'm having a 4.3% unique click-through rate and $1.5 CPC. Is this normal? Anas I honestly can't tell you if that's normal or not. Um, unique click-through rates and CPCs, these are really good things to look at um, if you're running a, 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 a demand or inventory-based platform campaign. So CPCs and CTRs are 100% important, but not on Facebook. They don't matter at all on Facebook. Um, and I know people are like, what are you talking about, blah, blah, blah. Look, look at your ads that are really profitable. Look at the ones that get a lot of spend but aren't good for your business. And I'll tell you, if the ones that are getting a shit ton of spend where the ROAS is really bad or the CPA is really high versus other ones, I'll bet you they have a higher CTR and a lower CPC. But they're bad for your business because they're not driving business objectives. They're driving these old demand and inventory-based platforms like Google Search and Display and Programmatic following those metrics. And those honestly have really no bearing on how Facebook works. These decade-old KPIs are built for platforms that rely on a click because they're not able to control the customer journey. They're not able to understand how to provide the best quality experience for somebody they're a bid to get attention. And when somebody's looking for it or when they land in a certain place, you're fighting with other people to be there. It is a passive advertising system. And in a passive system, you need to understand when I don't give a shit about my customer, how efficient do I need to be to reach enough people to try to get success? Now, I know this flies in the face of what a lot of people were taught, but there's a big reason why these obsolete metrics like CTR, CPM, CPC, and those three things, obsolete metrics inside of Facebook, like click-through rate, cost per click, cost per million, or the, the, the price of your inventory when you're bidding, these are not relevant for success inside of Facebook. The reason that people focus on them as some sort of success metric is because they were taught to. And the reason they were taught to is because the folks that are in charge, the thought leaders of online advertising this year, five years ago, whatever, are people that came up around television and email and search and programmatic and real-time bidding and display where you didn't have a system that was trying to curate an experience and ultimately deliver you a business objective. You were built around something, you were building your success around demand-based. So like search, somebody's looking for something, it's a demand, you try to then get in their feed, their search results. Or inventory-based, saying that, well, if somebody lands on CNN.com, I want my banner ad there, or something else. When you are in this passive way of advertising to somebody, you are now looking at these metrics as a sign of success because honestly, a lot of those, you weren't able to really appropriately tie success into something that was 
a closer business metric because tracking was shit and because it was a volume game. You were trying to be everywhere all the time. And hopefully if you owned enough inventory and got enough results, you were able to make a profit off of it. The problem is Facebook doesn't work like that. But the people that are teaching individuals how to think and how to problem solve came up in an environment where optimized CPM, the backbone of how Facebook works, and also Pinterest. And well, Pinterest is a bit of a, of a weird cat. So is YouTube where it's a little bit of both. But Snapchat and TikTok and anything where it's a curated news feed or a curated customer experience built on their behavior. And in that platform, trying to predict what's going to keep somebody on the platform for longer. If you are existing in an ecosystem that is built around those business objectives, then these metrics don't matter. And they don't matter because they don't lead to business success. They are outputs of certain things. Like, yes, your CPM, if you're paying $100 a week, somebody's probably going to be you know, less desirable than paying a dollar to get to somebody, probably, right? Because it's just a volume game, but it's not an actionable insight. You're not going to be able to go in and adjust that data point. Whereas you could when you're looking at an inventory base or demand base. If you're on banner ads, you can 100% shop around and negotiate lower CPMs. If you're on a CPC platform like you know Google, if you're paying for the click, you can 100% bid down your click so that you can try to get more volume or get your volume for get your sales or your traffic for cheaper. Because your objective or your ability to optimize on that platform has nothing to do with overall business success in the customer experience on that platform because it's doesn't, it's not creating an environment for somebody. Like it's not curating somebody's experience. However, on Facebook, they are. Facebook is reaching people on desktop, on laptops, on mobile devices, on Instagram, with audience network around other blog pages, all over the internet. And it's looking at your traffic and what people's behavior is on a million different websites. Like Google display ads don't give a shit about how many different websites you've gone to to try to curate the person that's most interested in buying from you today because you were on a competitor's page and maybe added a cart yesterday. Like, have you ever noticed that your Google display ads tend to follow your actual thing? Like, oh, I went to this website, now I'm seeing a bunch of ads to that website. However, if you make a purchase for a product on Facebook, you get a million competitors to that product also in your feed. That's because Facebook is trying to optimize towards attention for profit. They sell eyeballs for profit. Google and, you know, Tabula and all of these other places, that is not a metric that they can actually point to. It's saying based on somebody's experience with information that you own, let's try to make sure that we're in front of that person as much as possible. We're basically going to annoy the shit out of somebody until they buy. And then you have to get into, well, we don't want to annoy the shit out of them. We want to really build in this like long form customer journey. We're going to, you know, build intent and then inform them and then try to overcome objections and do all of this really high level marketing thinking that honestly has no, again, no bearing and value on an optimized CPM platform, which is ultimately why we don't need to chase down audiences, right? Because you're looking like audience of a video viewers that somebody's bragging about the internet with some out of context stat point saying, this is what's working for me this week. Isn't like what you need to do. You can try to fight that game and you are going to continue to have that struggle six months from now, two years from now. You are never going to rise above that and actually solve bigger business objectives because you're still trying to chase down really low quality fights. You're trying to win things that don't actually matter. Let me give you a real big piece of advice on this. The Facebook algorithm on how it's delivering content to people is not changing on an extremely updated basis and like constantly moving their way that they work. Their business objective has been the same for years. It is acquire attention, keep somebody on the platform for as long as possible, and then sell that attention to an advertiser in a way that's going to get them to spend more money. Which means it all comes down to finding a good ad 
and a good set of ads. And those ads as defined as good means that they have high estimated action rates. And that's Facebook's internal metric of basically saying, is the click-through rate on this high? Is the stickiness on it high? Is the bounce rate low? And it might be really good for one person and really bad for somebody else. Now, some of us would then say, well, okay, well, we've got one that's good for this. Let's find a whole audience and try to just shove it in front of these people's faces because we're still trying to run Facebook like it's 2011 on Google. Those people have the same struggles today as they're having two years ago. And they're going to be bragging about the next short hack and audience that they're looking at in Black Friday. That is an obsolete way of thinking. If you get several ads that all appeal to different things and let Facebook make the decision of when to show one to the other, because remember, even your prospecting is doing retargeting. If you can bring all of those into play, then you're going to do a lot better because you're letting Facebook decide who needs to see what and when and where. And, and, and the platform understands based on the people that respond well to this and the people that respond poorly to this, what are they doing and which one can I show them in what order in order to get business success for me? That basically means you need a few good ads in a broad audience and your number one objective is to try to find better ads because if you want to lower your cost per acquisition, if your Facebook ROAS went down, you have to pay more to acquire a customer, the number one way of, of, of beating that, of recovering, is to increase your estimated action rate because the bid in the ecosystem is your budget and your estimated action rate. So if you scale up your spend, you are scaling up your bid. If you want to reduce the cost, you have to have a better ad. And that better ad should not be something that you shoehorn into specific users where you're going to try to second guess Facebook's machine learning algorithm, which is looking at trillions of data points for billions of users on millions of websites in real time, quite literally millions of times, trillions of times every minute, because everybody that's hitting refresh and scrolling through their feed. If you're gonna try to be smarter than that, understand you are going to fight this losing battle that is going to get worse and worse and worse for you over time because you're not actually building something that is built around business success. You're using luck and hard work. And I can't think of a single massively successful business that didn't implement a process of system and scale. I don't know any billionaire that got there because they worked hard. It's not sweat equity that gets you to that point. Very like there's no huge business that works like that. If you want to succeed, don't try to have the one on one short hustle that requires your work because you're fundamentally limiting your ability to succeed. So that is an extraordinarily long answer on us, but I, I hope that that helps. All right, I'm getting a couple other ones and also on Clubhouse. If you want to do this, we've got another 20 minutes here. So raise your hand and I will get to you. I've got a question on. Uh, I got a question on Twitter. This is coming from at Travelhead. At Travelhead says, hey, I'm a Patreon member. I wasn't able to find this in your course. This is an ebook. They're not courses, but I do have a course. I actually just finished it. And that's uh, why I was up until late last night. We started a little bit late today. But it says, do you recommend running top of funnel broad testing campaigns using a one-day click attribution? Um, yes, if you can get out of the learning phase with that. Also, your success around attribution and your success of measurement are two different things. Optimization windows and attribution windows are fundamentally different things. Optimizing towards a seven-day click, one-day view is very different than measuring success on a one-day click. They are fundamentally different. And um, because they're different, you need to understand that you don't need to have those two things in line. I highly recommend that you do have them in line because it makes it far easier. But if you're trying to chase down something, then understand that it is not a requirement to have both of those things be the exact same uh, in the exact same view. So I, I hope that that helps. I, I, I'm going to reply back to you, Travelhead, with a link to this video and then um, you can reply back with more questions if you if you want to. All right. Um, Eric from YouTube says, hey, Charles, I have a question for you. What is your aggressive scaling strategy and your theory behind it? Um, Eric, my aggressive uh, scaling strategy is basically this. Um, 
run your entire campaign as a creative test, run your entire account as a creative testing campaign targeting broad audiences and then massively, uh, uh, aggressively try to lower your cost per acquisition. Don't try to say, well, I can get customers for $10. I'm spending a hundred bucks. So I'm going to go up to $200 and try to acquire 20 customers, right? Or let's just be simpler. Don't try to focus on maintaining your cost per acquisition while increasing spend. That's a losing game. Don't try to get an extra 10% of sales by increasing your budget by 10%. Focus on getting an extra 10% of sales by reducing your cost by 10%. That way, when you want to increase your budget and you then increase your inefficiency, it happens on the back of a more efficient ecosystem. So maybe you double your budget and your efficiency or you raise it by 20% and you lose, your cost goes from $10 uh, when you get it to go. If you're running a campaign where it costs $10 to make a sale and then you get it down to nine, if you push up your spend by 20, 30%, um, then maybe you go to 950. So you're still getting more results for your dollar, but you're able to, because you've scaled your efficiency, you're getting more and more sales. Even as you increase your budget, your bid is still more efficient because what you're focusing in on is getting more and more efficient sales, which is pooling more and more high quality data into the ecosystem. So Facebook is taking a look at all the data points because their number one objective is to send you results that look like everything else because that's what you've taught it success looks like. So if a $10 customer is good for you, it's gonna try to deliver you a $10 customer. If you can get that average customer down to nine, it's gonna try to deliver you a $9 customer, which means you can ramp up your spend. So my aggressive scaling strategy fundamentally is focus on your cost per acquisition and the budget that you spend is an output of that success. Don't look at success as spending more money. Look at success as getting more results. Make your dollar work harder and your spend will have to go up because it's dumb for you to leave money on the table. If instead you're going to try to ramp up your budget while maintaining the same level of efficiency, I can tell you what's going to happen. You're going to be upset because you're getting less efficient and you're going to be struggling trying to find the best way of increasing your budget because you're focused on the wrong side of that algebra problem. Unless you are getting paid on a percentage of spend on an ad account, the actual volume of dollars that you spend is irrelevant. What's important to you is the volume of actions that are taken, whether that is leads, whether that is purchases, whatever it is, focus on the volume of desired actions, make that better. And then spend is a direct output of that efficiency. That's my answer to that. Um, now let's say, Eric says, let's say you have four assets with a 5X ROAS. What would be your way of scaling that? Um, I would work on getting those to 5.1, 5.2, 5.5. And then your scale would absolutely be an output of it because you've defined headroom and inefficiency that you can afford. A lot of people say, well, if I get enough revenue and I get enough profit margin, I can spend some of that profit margin back into reinvesting into my business. That's true. The way that you do that on Facebook is to say, if my target cost to make a sale is 10 bucks or $50, let's say 50. If my target cost per sale is 50 bucks, if I can get my cost per sale down to 40, that means I have $10 of inefficiency that I can spend into. So I can immediately ramp up my budget to like you could, if you're going from 50 to 40, you could probably ramp up your budget by 10, 20%. And even if you don't get any additional sales, You'll be better than if you were still spending money acquiring customers at $50 a piece. And they, look, you're going to get a couple more sales. You're going to ramp up your volume because you're, you're trading on the headroom of your efficiency, which is a fundamentally better way of looking at your business than trying to trade your profit margin for growing your overall revenue. Yes, that will work. But the way that you execute it is built around getting more efficient, not trying to spend more money. Spend is an output of efficiency. Spend is honestly, until you get into really big data stuff, I'll make this blanket statement, which is more or less true, but you know, we'll understand um, that, that it's not 100% accurate, but for the purpose of this conversation, it is. Spend is 
the more you spend, the less efficient you will be. So the way that you spend more money while still having a desired business outcome is to is to increase your efficiency so that you give yourself headroom to spend into. That's how you solve the problem. If you can get 10% more efficient, so you go from $10 to $9 a sale, you can ramp up your budget by 10%. And if you don't make any other sales, you go from $9 to $9.90. You're still 10 cents more efficient than you were before, basically 1% better on efficiency, but you have the opportunity of making more sales. So that's the way you need to start looking at your Facebook accounts. Um, all right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Facebook user says, it doesn't show me who the Facebook users are, uh, but it says, I have a lot of questions. Um, great. Uh, Monty says, does this method work with affiliate offers on ClickBank? Monty, I don't know. I don't think so. I'm not big into the affiliate uh, stuff on, on ClickBank. But what I can say is if you're spending money on Facebook, this is how Facebook operates regardless of your business objective. Also, Monty, um, if you are looking to get other affiliate offers, um, I'm going to be releasing my course on Kartra and there will be a couple hundred dollars um, profit margin for affiliates. So if you want to get in on making us both money, DM me and let's find it out. Aaron says, hi, Charlie. Hi, Aaron. How you doing? Um, Facebook user. I know you don't like retargeting, but you speak about customer journey. How do you move your customer in their journey without retargeting? Facebook's already doing the retargeting for you. You are retargeting. If you don't have a retargeting audience and you're just targeting broad, who inside of a broad audience do you think is a high quality person? It might be somebody that added the cart yesterday. It might be a complete fucking stranger. Facebook's going to spend that money wherever it thinks it's going to deliver you a result that's going to cause you to continue to spend and sell you the inventory that it has. The way you acquire that impression for cheap is by going towards an audience where you're not paying a premium. The lowest cost audience is age, gender, location, going broad. There's a massive misconception that going broad means you're not retargeting. Even like a lookalike audience is doing retargeting off of people built around what traffic, they, what, what actions they've taken on other people's websites. And it might show that person an ad on Instagram and then Facebook and then whatever. Like there's, I would seriously, can I'll say something crazy. I don't think that there is any meaningful amount of conversion data that occurs off of the absolute first impression, getting a click and leading to a sale in one day. That just doesn't happen. So the idea that you need to account for that being a difficulty and then making things more complicated to try to second guess how you're going to get results basically means that you're setting yourself up for not really taking advantage of the way the system works. I'm not saying I don't like retargeting. What I'm saying is I think that paying a premium to reach a retargeting audience massively complicates the system and it basically makes you pay more money to reach somebody that, that Facebook would have prioritized anyway for much cheaper if you're retargeting audience because you know 50 dollars cpm and your broad is 18 why not just let the broad look at it the broad could be two times less efficient at retargeting and you'll still make more money because the cost of inventory is cheaper like that's just that's just the game and because you're paying on you know the impressions you want to reach as many people as you can. Let Facebook find that journey. Let it, Facebook see, oh, you've got five really great ads. I'm going to hit this person a million different customer journeys to get them across the finish line. If somebody doesn't buy from you on the first click, most often it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with what you have to offer. It just means they're not ready to buy. And then people have this like theory of like, well, it's a long consideration, blah, blah, blah. Look, yes, that might very well be true. We don't give a shit. Facebook's going to hit that person once or twice a day, potentially, until they make that purchase if they're in route. They might not click until the last one. They might click one time and then come back a week later and click. Facebook is managing that customer journey and doing all of the retargeting for you. If you then try to make it dumber by removing high-quality transactions from your prospecting audience and forcing all of it into a more costly retargeting audience, understand that you're basically saying, I want my prospecting to be inefficient. I'm going to focus my energy on keeping my prospecting as dumb as possible and make all my money at the bottom of the funnel and then try to scale my business 
even though I'm saying the majority of where I'm acquiring new customers, I'm not interested in the quality and that uh, of those of that traffic. And I don't want it to be as smart as it could because I want to pay a premium to reach other people that it would have reached anyway. Now, when you say that as a sentence over your overall thinking, it sounds like maybe that's a bad idea. I don't think most people understand that that's how it works. But again, that's why I'm here to help. So I hope that that makes sense. The long story short is if I'm saying that, if you're thinking what I'm saying is I don't like retargeting, then, then you're hearing what I'm not saying. I'm saying your prospecting audience is already retargeting for you. Don't pay a premium to acquire a customer that you could have gotten for cheaper just because your business objective is to make sure that your prospecting audiences can't see success at the same rate. That's and honestly, I'm releasing this new course and there's a ton of it in there. And it's also sort of in the new ebook, one, uh, how to build a winning Facebook ad account uh, in 2021. The new course is actually built all around that. I'm not trying to pitch things. We're just saying I go into massive depth there. Um, next question. Aaron says, should we turn off anything that is automatically scaling by 20%? Uh, I, I think what you mean there, Aaron, is rules um, and if you want to scale your rules by 20% because you find that that's good for your business, I don't have enough context to really say that that's a good or bad uh, move. What I would say is if you're going to use automated rules to scale your budget, which again, totally on board with 100% is a thing that you should do. And I do preach that in performance gate scaling, which is also in the best practice hacks of Facebook advertising 2020 part one and two. Um, totally recommend it. Totally on board. I would just say, make sure that you're focusing that growth, not on ROAS, but on a cost per acquisition. Because ROAS, again, doesn't matter. It's not an actionable item. You can't control your ecosystem on ROAS. I would say, what is the what does it cost for me to acquire a customer? Let me get that more efficient and I'll be willing to pay more money because I'm getting more customers. Another thing, and I think I know your business a little bit and not to give too much away, but you've got a product where somebody could buy more than one thing. Their cart size could probably be 50 bucks or $300, which means your ROAS is a wildly unstable uh, projector uh, of growth or, or uh, um, definer of business success because you can't control what every customer does. So, if you're bidding towards a ROAS and you're really trying to get the highest return on your ad spend, understand that you might have a massively false positive because somebody spent a thousand dollars today. And then you chase a whole bunch of other people that you're losing money on because one person dropped way more money than the average individual. So I would take a look at your cost per acquisition, push that down. And based on that efficiency, begin to bring up more spend. And what you can do is say my CPA and my AOV or your LTV, understanding my cost per acquisition and then my average order value or my lifetime value of the average customer. Bid for the variance between those metrics. How much profit can you get out of every customer? Get the average sale to be more and more profitable for you because you're reducing your cost and then you can spend more money because you've created headroom of efficiency. That's how you do it, Aaron. Also, uh, I, I do appreciate your DMs on Instagram. And we're going to get you enough success that you're going to join the Slack group. I'm very excited. We're going to make this happen. Uh, all right. We, it looks like we got one more question here, and that's awesome. Um, nobody from the clubhouse, David. That's okay. Uh, sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't. We got six more minutes here. So one last chance if anybody in the clubhouse wants to raise their hand. But otherwise, I'm going to go. Uh, either way, I'm going to Brett. Brett says... Do you keep an eye on frequency or just look at ROAS? Brett, um, I don't really look at either. Now, if you want to manage your retargeting audiences, if you define that retargeting audiences are good for your business, every retargeting audience has effectively uh, an optimal daily frequency. Now, that's a big point. A lot of people say, well, my frequency over the last week is like 12. That doesn't fucking matter. That is an obsolete metric that means nothing. What you need to look at is how many times am I reaching the average person on a daily basis? There is an optimal level of that that you are going to see and you should be managing your spend to achieve that level of um, 
that 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 level of daily frequency. Um, also, I, I I post a lot of stuff on the Instagram. Follow me on Instagram at CT the Disruptor. Um, I know for a fact, like in the last week or two, I've posted a still image that goes over that. And I'm going to be recording a bunch of reels today to basically walk through all the steel images from the last week or two. So that'll be in there, but just follow me there and you'll get an idea of what I'm looking at. Also again, ROAS doesn't matter. Your ROAS goes down. Your business success can absolutely skyrocket. It's an out of context vanity metric that is extraordinarily myopic. Um, yes, it's important, but primarily for the ego of the media buyer, your business doesn't give a shit about the profit margin on Facebook spend. What your business cares about is the overall direction of revenue and profit per dollar spent. What is your top line growth or bottom line growth or volume goal? None of those are Facebook ROAS, which means none of those are things that Facebook ROAS is going to be able to tell you, which means if you're running a business, Facebook ROAS, isn't a metric that you really give a shit about. Um, all right, Thomas says, which might be our last question, do you always optimize for purchase? Thomas, I would always optimize for whatever it is that you want Facebook to deliver. That's the number one objective. Train it to do what you want it to do from day one. It's a machine learning platform. Go ahead and teach it. All right, it looks like we got one question from Clubhouse. We're going to end it on this. Thank you, Brett. And again, uh, yeah, check me out on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter. You're already on the YouTube, so that's awesome. Um, I'm all over the place. And again, if you do the homework from this week or from any other week, you get 50% off uh, any of the stuff from FacebookDestructor.com. So let me know. Um, and uh, like I said, I'm also releasing a course in the next couple of days. I'm sending it out to one or two people just for you to get some QA. And then um, I got a really fun idea. Basically, I'm going to release it for cheap and charge a bit more every single day until we get up to sales price because I want people to get FOMO and I want people to take advantage of it right away. But the longer you wait, the more you're going to pay. All right. So, Octavian, you're going to be the last question of the day. My name is Charlie. How are you doing? Good morning. How can I help? Hey, Charlie. Uh, first of all, thanks a lot for all the, the value you, you give on Instagram. That's insane. Really, I, I really appreciate it. Thanks. Oh, you're welcome. Um, uh, I do run a, a store um, with a high ticket product. Uh, it is around 250 Euro, euros for um, the average order value. And um, my margin is really low. Uh, it's about around 20%. I'm, I'm wondering if you have any tips um, for high ticket products. Yeah, um, high ticket products are sometimes tough for people to scale if they don't have the budget to use machine learning on their behalf. Um, but I do think that it is really good for people to try to get um, out of the learning phase on Facebook, um, anywhere where you're spending money that you're not outside of the learning phase is basically you making an investment in something where Facebook says it's not confident that it can succeed for you. So three parts. Number one, I would try to simplify my ad account as much as possible so that I can spend the most amount of money in the fewest places so I can get that place to be as effective as possible. It might very much look like one campaign, one ad set running, dynamic, creative, trying to get the best ads out. And then you're just trying to push all of your best ads. That's one example of how to do it. But the more places you're spending money, um, the less effective every one of those places is going to be. And the more unstable your ad account is going to be. And the harder it's going to be for you to be able to scale success. Another thing is, if you are running a high ticket product where... You don't have the budget, say it costs, a, you know, say, say you don't have the budget on a daily basis to drive enough conversions. If there is a lower cost business objective that will allow you to acquire that customer, for instance, I know a lot of people that do high ticket items uh, where they're relying on sales teams or other things. There's a way of finding a lower cost item where it might be less efficient to get a customer, but say, you're relying on a sales team and your sales team is 20% as efficient as your Facebook ad. But if you can acquire that customer for more than 20%, if you can acquire that lead for 
uh, an efficiency greater than 20% of uh, cheaper than, um, than, the, than the conversion campaign, then it's just a volume game, like you're going to win. The last thing is, um, I, I think that a lot of people, I would really focus in on what is your efficiency at a one day click, knowing that that's not going to account for every single sale, but if you're able to make that one day click metric more and more efficient, what you are doing is driving higher and higher quality people into your ecosystem. So better and better people are coming at a higher and higher volume every week, every month to your site. That means that your email campaigns and your lead gen and your customer service and whatever else you're running is reaching out to higher and higher quality individuals. And so basically because you're focusing on bringing better people in to your store, then your salespeople and every other metric that you have in place to close the deal is going to get more efficient as well. It's basically like if you're running, say you have a Ferrari, you know, say you have a, a, a car dealership selling Ferraris. Now you can say, I want to get as many people into my store as possible. It doesn't have any impact on how many Ferraris you're going to sell. What does have an impact on how many Ferraris you're going to sell is how do I get more people who are likely to buy Ferraris into my store? Now, you might pay way more for them, but if you can get more of those people and then work on getting a higher volume of that good quality person into your store, the amount of sales volume that you're going to see on a basis week over week, month over month is going to continue to rise. So where you might be thinking about metrics of like CPC or CTR or CPM, all of these like front end metrics that really matter on platforms that have nothing to do with Facebook, the Facebook version of that is a one-day post-click purchase price. So if you can make that one-day post-click purchase price and think of it as a leading indicator for success, if you can make that your priority, odds are you're gonna really start to see success over time. So again, to kind of recite those three things, number one, simplify your ad account as much as possible so you're spending the most amount of money in the fewest amount of places so that you can take that leading indicator of success, that one day post click and make it more and more efficient. And if you don't have the budget to get that out of the learning phase, focus on another business objective or something else where you're not going to win on overall cost per purchase, but maybe you can win on a volume game of leveraging another system that you have. Those would be my two or my three really big talking points to that. And um, without knowing more, uh, and, and I don't want to give too much stuff away and we're running out of time, but I feel like that's the direction I would go in and feel free to reach out to me on Instagram or Twitter or YouTube or wherever. I'm all over the damn place. Um, feel free to reach out to me with more questions about what this looks like as you're starting to execute those things. But um, I would take a look at right now, if you have a complex ad account, my action item for you would be take a look at every single ad set that you're running. Are any of these things places that you think you'll still be spending money in three months? If the answer is no to any of them, I would find a way of getting out of it immediately. How I think of an ad set as a salesperson or an employee at your business. How many employees at your business do you personally expect to fire over the next 90 days? And how, may, how much money are you willing to invest in the success of a salesperson that you have no intention of keeping on long-term. That's how I would start to look at this because that's really what's going on. Um, I hope that real world example kind of puts it all together for you. Does that, does that help Octavian? Yeah, yeah, man, that, that helps a lot. Thanks. Um, but I, actually my my manager, uh, ad manager is really simple. I do have three ad sets. Awesome. Um, I, uh, as you said, I wanted to delete one of them to have uh, maximum two, but um, the three of them uh, did do um, kind of the same results. Okay. So, yeah. So, I'm yeah, gonna, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I'm talking, talking to everybody here, and if you're in a much better place, then that means your success is much easier. So, for you, let's look at what your cost per sale is on a one-day click, day over day, and and then try to make that better. If you can make your cost per purchase on a one day post click, which itself might not be the best, but if you can make, if you can start to improve that by 1% or 5% a week, um, say it's 1% a week, 
in, in three months, you're going to be in a fundamentally different place in your business, solving problems that aren't on your radar right now, and you won't be facing this problem ever again. Okay, yeah. Okay. Okay, man. Thank, thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. And um, I don't want to be too long, but just what do do you recommend to um, to spend on a ad set uh, if my product it's it's uh, around two hundred fifty euros? Honestly, whatever it gets you out of the learning phase. I don't have a really good answer. What I would say, generally speaking, is to get out of the learning phase for the average customer or the average ad set takes roughly 35 to 50 conversions a week. So understand, well, how much does it cost for me to make a sale? And then multiply that number by five to eight, and that should be your daily spend. Okay, okay. To five, five to eight, you say? Yeah, five to eight times your target CPA. So say it costs you, for easy math, say it costs you 50 bucks to make a sale. Well, then your daily spend should be somewhere between 50 and uh, it's 250 and 400. That at least means that you're getting out of the learning phase, which means Facebook is using the machine learning data to drive you business results. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Charlie. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Well, with that, um, This is it. This was fun. I, I, I'm so glad. Also, uh, on the YouTube, I've decided to just not cut the end of these because uh, I was I was pushing down. I was cutting um, the end of the Q&A out from these live feeds on YouTube. But I decided, you know what, I'm releasing long form information as it is. So this will now be here forever. Thank you very much, everybody. I encourage you to do your homework and keep your eye out for the new course, an actual course, not just an ebook, but how to build a winning Facebook ad account in 2021. Um, yeah, basically how to succeed by not looking at short-term wins, by utilizing simplicity in the Facebook algorithm. Basically, how can you use the tools in front of you to give you success that those tools are built to deliver? Um, how can you get the hell out of your own way to succeed? Also, whatever you want to call it, but um, yeah, it, it's like five hours of video content, like bunches of pages of stuff. There's there's too much data in there. I'm, I'm actually super excited about it. But anyway, I'll see you guys later. I hope this was fun for you. I had fun. See you next week on the internet, everybody. Hope to help you. Bye.